Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. Galatians chapter 5. If you've got your Bibles, grab it out. Um, it might come up on the screen as well, and I'll read it for you. Galatians 5 verse 7. Simple passage you want to read here today. It says this. The Apostle Paul writing says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? I've called this message, Who Cut In On You? Who Cut In On You? Uh, I don't know what traffic is like down here in Palmy, but if you've ever been to Auckland with all us Dorklanders, you'll know that traffic up there is trash. It's garbage. It's bananas, man. Like Traffic in Auckland is horrible. There's no good time. There used to be a time where it was like, hey, it's like rush hour. Rush hour is every hour. It's all the time. Like, it's absolute garbage. I, went, I was on the motorway to get to the airport this morning because Zion booked me a flight at like six in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> I just blame Zion. It wasn't him. It was probably my assistant. She probably did that. Anyway. Um, and there was traffic at 5.30 in the morning on the way to the airport. Well, my, I, like, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. It's bananas up there. And so you cannot go through the day without getting cut in on in traffic, man. And, and in other countries, being cut in on traffic is not a big deal. Like I was in Vietnam a few years ago, and like if you get beeped at and put people nudging, it's all good. It's just part of the game. Like you got to find your way into the, the line of traffic. In New Zealand, however, you cut in on us, that is a personal attack. Like we take that offense real deep, man. That, is, that, is, that, that offense is passing down to eight generations. We will find you. We will hunt you down. We were, we were going to get you, man. Like, we don't take that stuff lightly. I got, um, I got cut in on the other day by a car, and I had to jam my brakes on because I don't want to have an accident. Because, you know, when you get cut in on, it can put you off track or cause an accident or whatever. And the person behind me beeped at me like it was my fault that I had to slam my brakes on. I'm like, brother, I love Jesus, but you beep your horn at me, I will lose my salvation. If you're prepared to beep, be prepared to go to sleep. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, you pray for me, man. i got issues. Deep. When, when someone cuts in on you, it can really disrupt you. It can disrupt the, your flow. It can knock you off track. It can get you out of your lane. It can be dangerous and damaging. It can stop you and get you off course. And you know, I used to run competitively. And uh, the, the key word there is used to. My, anyone been watching the Olympics? I've been watching way too much Olympics, like 2 a.m. every night, and I'm like an eight-hour sleep guy, so I'm, I'm running on coffee, and that's pretty much it. And uh, my claim to fame is that I once raced Nick Willis. I know, I know. He's been to five Olympic Games. I once raced him in the National Secondary School's 800-meter final, and he destroyed me. <laughs> like, I'm not even talking, it wasn't even fair. It wasn't even close. Like, like it wasn't just destroyed me, like, in terms of the race, like, emotionally, Physically, mentally, spiritually, my soul was crushed. Like he, he wrecked me, man. Like he just, he was so good. But when you're racing and when you're running, like often, and you would have seen it if you've been watching the Olympics, people are tripping up all the time because people are cutting in. So when, when a runner cuts in too quickly or gets in front of you, it can trip you up, cause you to stumble, get you off track. It can even stop you in your tracks. Like you can, it can knock you completely out of the race and get you out of your lane. And I love the Apostle Paul. He often refers to the Christian life as a race. 
Hey, run with, run with perseverance, the race marked out before you. Like he talks about it being a race. And the words he uses here, I, I love, he says this, you were running so well. Like you were doing good, man. You were following Jesus. You were loving God. You were advancing the kingdom. You were living for him. You were, you were obedient to his word. You were, you were running so good. He said, but some, what happened to you? Something or someone has cut in and messed you up. It got you off track. It caused you to stumble. You, you, it messed up your race. And, and I think that this question that the Apostle Paul asks is just as relevant for someone here today. You were running so good. Like you were running this race of faith. Maybe you got saved a number of years ago. You were running. You were charging. You were on fire for God. You were loving Him. You'd done the growth track and you found your gifts. You started serving or you're on the worship team or maybe you even used to preach the Word of God. But then something happened to you. Something along the way came along and it cut in on you and it's caused you to trip, to stumble, to get hurt, to lose your confidence, to get off course. And now, rather than really running this race for God, you're kind of a bystander. Maybe you're still sitting on that. Maybe you're still sitting on the part of the track that you got knocked off five years ago and you haven't got up and started running again. Maybe you're tripping, you're stumbling. Maybe your race is being slowed down because something has happened along the way. I will say this, Life Church Palmy, the devil wants you off track. He does, because he knows what you carry. You carry a unique gift and grace of God to advance the kingdom of God in this nation, in this time. You've got something, and we need you in the race. This is not a pastor's game. This is the body of Christ game. This isn't just for some elite religious people. This is the call of God for every single person on this planet is to know him, love him, and live out the plan that he has for them. We need you in the race. And what I want to do today is I want to explore just two key areas that I, I see right now in culture and in our world that are trying to cut in on our races and to slow us down, trip us up, and, and get us off track. And what I want to do with these is I want them to encourage you, because if you have had one of these cut in on you, my encouragement today is to get back in the race. Get running again. I, I don't want you sitting around. Don't, don't Get up off the ground, dust yourself off, and let's get going again. The other reason I want to share this is because I want you to be prepared. Because this is going to come. These things are going to come, and they're going to come into your life and going to try and cut in on you, but I want you to be ready when they do. Is that okay? My first thought is this. The first thing that will try and cut in on you that I've seen a lot lately is this. Number one, unexpected storms. You can write that down. If you want to get to heaven, I suggest you do. I'm not saying that's biblical. I just wouldn't risk it. Unexpected storms. As a people, I think we've developed a lot of grace for the weatherman because the weatherman gets it wrong a lot. And we just seem to have this grace like, oh, it's okay. Like if you and I were wrong that often in our jobs, we would not have a job, right? We would have been fired a long time. Imagine if your Uber driver was that successful, like took you somewhere you didn't want to go. Maybe you went to a surgeon and you're like, bro, you took out my lung. I came here for appendicitis. You know, it's like, well, I took something out. Deal with it. Imagine if other jobs had that success rate. We'd, like, like, you'd be gone. But so, uh, listen, so often, like, like the weatherman, like trying to predict what the weather's going to do, it's so hard to foresee the storms that come in your life. Like they, sometimes you can be running for God, you'd be serving God, loving God, like doing this thing, like I'm following you, Jesus, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam, it's like a storm just hits your life. And it can really knock you down. It can really knock you off course. It can cause you to trip up because you're like, man, I was running for God. And then I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe you're like, you're like, I'm in serving God, loving God. And now your marriage is in trouble. 
Maybe it's a, a marriage right now. It's like it's unexpected. I didn't see this coming, and it's just like the storm just kind of hits me. Maybe it's loss and grief. Maybe the loss of a loved one. It's just like suddenly you're like, what is this? It's like a storm that's hit my life. Or maybe it's tragedy or trauma or sickness or unanswered prayers. You've been praying the same prayer for like five years. It's like heaven's silent. It's causing this like spiritual, emotional storm in your life where you're just like, I just can't keep running because I just don't know what's going on. Maybe it's financial problems or a global pandemic hit us. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. And that's kind of messed up my faith. The amount of people in church that got messed up from COVID, like churches are only just recovering from what took place there. But it's like, it's like some people, it was like, it took them so unaware and they were so unprepared that it messed with them, knocked them off the race. Maybe it's a leader who fell in sin that you trusted and they fell in sin. Or maybe it's family problems or employment problems. Friends, my experience tells me this. It tells me that a storm can cut in on your race and cause you to stumble. When you don't expect it, when you, when you, when you have a, a, a slightly deficient theology, a storm will come in and it will cause you to stumble and fall away from God. My, my question is this, friend, has a storm cut in on you? Let's go to Mark chapter 4. I want to read this passage to you. I want to help you understand this. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 38. This is Jesus and his disciples. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that nearly swamped the boat. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, what I love about this passage is this. Jesus told them to get in the boat and go. Like, it was Jesus who led them to that place. And now a storm's come. As like, We were just following what you told us to do, Jesus. Like, you told me to do this. You told me to follow you. You told me to go over here. You told us to do that. And now we're in a storm and you're asleep. It's like he's disinterested now. How many of you felt like that? When you've been like, I'm just following you, Jesus. Now a storm comes up and you're like, God, are you even awake? Are you even awake to what I'm going through right now? God, do you even care? It's like God is disinterested. Now you're like, you're like, all I was doing was doing what you told me to do. All I was doing was trying to live for you and serve you and love other people. And you called me into this ministry. You called me to lead this life group. You called me to do this. And now look at it. And it's like, I'm, I'm trying to wake you up. And it's like, God is some. Isn't following Jesus supposed to be good? And what is this? Like, I'm, I'm just following you, Lord, and now all this is going on in my life. This isn't supposed to happen, is it? If I chose to follow Jesus, I'm doing all the right things, and now I'm in a storm. Here's what I want to say, Life Church. Who said you can't have Jesus and a storm? Who told you that? If you think you have Jesus equals no storms, your theology needs some work. We need to realign that. I've had my fair share of storms in life, like you. And I, and I know, like, I don't look as old as I am, but I am. I know you're all going, yes, you look so young. <laughs> I've had my fair share of storms. In fact, last year was the biggest storm I ever had in my life. Last year, I got really sick last year. I, I you know, it's, it's actually a miracle that I'm sitting here on this, on this stage communicating and preaching to you guys now. I got really sick last year. I had a virus that attacked my inner ear that damaged the nerve in my balance center in my ear. And so balance is a real, it, it balance, it's coming better now, but for, for a long time I just had severe vertigo, 
um, balance for 12 months was just an absolute struggle. So um, hence why I sit on a stool to preach and hence why I'm, I'm wearing a hat. It's not because I'm like sacrilegious or anything in church. It's just because it helps me with like light stimulation and keeping me like focused and stuff like that. So like for me, going through this thing where I was just, it was like a brain injury. I was just so wrecked and it messed with me so badly physically. But then trying to lead, like trying to lead eight campus churches and all that's going on and we've got over a hundred staff and interns and we've got all these things going on, trying to still be the guy that does this and helps people and leads people in the midst of that when I can barely like get out of bed and, and then it start, and then anxiety starts to come because I'm really anxious about when I'm gonna like feel like I'm gonna fall over again and all these things going on and anxiety just goes to the like panic attack and anxiety attacks, and then that just snowballs into depression, and I was in the bottom of the pit, man. Like, I was in a place that I never thought I'd ever be, because I'm, I'm not that, I'm not, I'm a sunny disposition. I'm, I'm like, I'm not even happy that there's a half gla- full glass. I'm just happy there's a glass. Like, there's a glass. Can you believe it? Like, and so to find yourself in a place where you've got no hope, you lose your vision, you lose your purpose, and I'm like, Wow. I've been through the storms, man. I've been through some stuff. In one day, when I was a youth pastor, in one day, five young people in my youth group passed away. In one day. I've been through storms. I've been to places that you, that you don't want to go. Everyone does. Everyone does. It's called life. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Here's the thing. The beauty of the gospel message is that Jesus didn't get out of the boat. Jesus never left your boat. You're going through a storm. Listen, you've got to understand this, otherwise a storm's going to trip you up. It really will. If you don't understand that you can have Jesus and a storm, you're going to get messed up along this journey. You've got to understand this, friends. His promise to you is not the absence of a storm. His promise to you is his presence and peace in the midst of it. The presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. In fact, it's in the middle of a storm that often God reveals himself to you in a way you never saw him before. And I love at the end of this passage, the disciples are like, he, Jesus rebukes the wind and waves and they die down. And they go, who is this man that even the wind and waves obey him? They saw in him something they'd never seen before because of the storm. And friends, when you go through a storm in your life and you find God in the middle of it all, you'll see him in a way and you'll know him in a way and you'll understand him in a way and you will be shaped in a way that you never would have experienced had you not experienced the storm. Don't let a storm cut in on you. You can have Jesus and a storm. Here's my advice. If you're in the midst of a storm right now, if like a storm's cut in on you, go find someone who's older and wiser and maturer in the faith than you and go talk to them because they've weathered the storm. And they know the way. Get back on track. Get back in the race. We need you back. We need you back in the race. My second thought is this. And the, the, the other thing that will cut in on your race is what I've called, number two, distracting doctrine. Distracting doctrine. Uh, what does doctrine mean? Doctrine simply means uh, what we would say is our, um, our biblical Christian beliefs and teaching. Like what we would teach out of the Bible, that would be our doctrine, is our, our, our biblical beliefs and teaching. And it's been really interesting to me. Now, stay with me on this, church. It's been really interesting to me over the last 12 to 18 months with all that's been going on in the world, with like the global pandemic, with vaccines, with like presidential elections and cr- chaos and political unrest and changing culture and dominant kind of woke ideologies and all that stuff going on, my Facebook Messenger inbox has never been fuller. And it's never been fuller of messages uh, and videos 
that would have maybe more of a conspiratorial angle, some might say. And they have really fun titles. Titles like this, The Truth About Those in Power. Signs of the Times, watch and share with everyone. Please share this information worldwide. Are you awake yet? Great titles. I get these, honestly, I get these all the time. I woke up this morning, there was another one in my inbox. I get them daily, and that's just from Pastor Zion. I mean, <laughs> brother, you've got to stop. That's why I'm here. This is an intervention. That's why we're all here. We love you. We just, we just need to break the cycle. I'm sorry. Sophie set it up. I'm sorry. Like, we just, she just said, be here today. We're here. <laughs> love you guys. Most of them, most of them I get, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm not watching that. And then next minute, I'm four hours deep down some YouTube rabbit hole. I don't want to be. I'm like, get out, get out, get out. And uh, here's what I've learned. Here's what, and I want you to understand this. Here's what I've learned. This is what we need to do as Christians. We need to be aware. I've learned to be aware. I've learned to look, to watch, to listen, to understand. Jesus said, be alert and understand what we're in. Understand the season. Read the times. Understand the signs that are going on. Like, be aware, be alert. Do I think the world is going nuts? Yes. Is that my message? No. But for too many well-meaning Christians, their message has shifted. And I'm not saying that in a condemning way. What, what I want to say is maybe it's cut in on you and it's got you off track. He's, he, I'll explain it like this. I had a guy um, come to see me once and he said, Pastor Steve, can I have a meeting with you? And like, that's all good. Like, pastors, we love to have meetings with people. It's all good. It's what we're here for. We're encouraging people. But can you just do us a favor? If you want to have a meeting with us, and this, I'm saying this, they didn't ask me to say this, but it's going to help them. Just tell us what you want to meet about. That'd be awesome. Like, hey, can I have a meeting with you two Tuesdays from now? And you're like, yeah, sure. I'm not sleeping for two Tuesdays. Because I don't, like, I don't know. Is this good? Is it bad? Is it, are you leaving? Do you hate me? Like, what is going on? Like, can I talk, can I, you know, just, just let us know why you're coming. Just helps us prepare our hearts. If you love us, tell us. <laughs> Pastor Steve, can I come see you? I'm like, yeah, bro, come see me. Comes to see me. Uh, walks in my office. I say, hey, how are you? First thing he says to me, like, not hello, how are you? Good to see you. First thing he says to me, do you believe we're living in the end times? First thing he said to me. I was like, wow, this is, bro, this, is, this went there fast. Like, I was, I was looking forward to how's the weather. That's where I was like, how's the weather? <laughs> How you going? What's your name? That would have been a good start. Nope, straight in. I was like, oh, okay, wow. All right, uh, well, you know, if anyone's living in the end times, it's probably us, because we're the furthest along in history that anyone ever got. So, like, if anyone has claim to it, we do. He, he wasn't too happy with that answer. So he had a follow-up. His follow-up was this. Well, then, do you believe the Pope is the Antichrist? I was like, bro, you need to calm down. <laughs> Gee, this is intense, man. Like, man, I, my, I have arguments with my wife that aren't this intense. I'm joking, we're pastors, we don't fight. It's just, yeah. <laughs> The issue is this. Those issues had become his message. Those issues had become... His message. The problem with distracting doctrine is it can cut in and replace what should be the focal point of your life and your message, and that is Jesus. 
It's Jesus. It's always Jesus. It always has been Jesus. It always is Jesus. It always will be Jesus. It's always Jesus. Check this out, Ephesians 4.11, and see if you can spot how many times Jesus appears in this as the center point, the focal point of who we are. This is my job. This is Pastor Zion and Sophie's job. This is our job description right here, Ephesians 4. And he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. There he is. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. There he is again. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There he is again. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves or carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Listen, there are events going on in this world. I'm not blind, I'm not dumb. Like we, There are events going on in the world, but I'm here to preach the main event. The main event is that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to ransom your soul, to reconcile you to your heavenly Father. Come on, you can give God some praise if you want to. Don't let me stop you. That God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that you and I were dead in our sin. We had a debt that we owed that we couldn't pay, but Jesus came, lived a blameless, sinless life, died a sinner's death on the cross, took upon Himself my debt, your debt, died, was buried in the grave, resurrected in three days, back to life, and sits, uh, sits on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. And anyone who puts their faith in Him can be reconciled to God and have eternity in heaven with Him. That's good news, man. That's what I'm preaching. I'm just preaching Jesus. Be aware, be alert, but friends, keep Jesus front and center. A great question to ask yourself is, what gospel am I preaching? Am I preaching this one, this one, this one, this one, or am I still preaching Jesus? Is the focal point of my life Jesus? Band, you guys can come. Thank you so much. I remember a few years ago, um, I had a guy come knock on my door. Like I was at home and just door knocked on me. And for the millennials in the room, just want to let you know, that's what we used to do to let people know we were outside. <laughs> it happened for like centuries. But that's, now it's like, yo, I'm outside. <laughs> Open the door. I just need you to know, because I, I, when you have your own house, I don't want you to be unaware. I'd love to be there the first time someone knocks on your door. Be like, what, what is that? What is that? Was that you? Did you do that? What's going on? What is that? At the door? Someone's at the door? How rude. Why didn't they text us? How dare they? Triggered. Offended. <laughs> oh, I heard a snort. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I'm not going to point you out, but sister in the mustard jersey, you're amazing. <laughs> Online, I hope you heard that because the lull was so deep that the little snort came out and now she's not recovering. It's all downhill from here. Anyways, back to my story. So this guy knocks on my door. I open the door. And he's, he's preaching Jesus. He's preaching. I'm like, cool. He starts preaching. And I'm like, bro, 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 bro. It's all good, man. I'm a pastor. And whenever I say that, no one believes me. You know, I say, why are you laughing? <laughs> Jeepers. You're going to pray for this section of your church. Like, there is a line. 
I'm worried about what's happening with the guy behind her next because there's a, there's a lineup happening now. Some kind of anointing down there. No one believes me. Honestly, they, no one believes me when I say I'm a pastor. Like, I'm a pastor. They're like, yeah. I had like one Christmas, two sweet old ladies in their 80s come door knocking and they were giving away like Christmas gospel flyers. Like, hey, the real meaning of Christmas is, is Jesus. And they came to my door. I was like, I want to make you tea and scones because you're so precious. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. And they were like, take the flyer. I'm like, I just don't, like, thank you. I was like trying to find a business card. I was like, I got nothing. Yeah, but so no one ever believes me, man. No one ever believes me. And um, you probably don't. Uh, and so he starts telling me about Jesus. I'm like, okay, I got to write this guy out. He's just talking, talking. And I'm, I'm with him. Like I'm with him the whole way, right? I'm with him the whole way. And then, and then it sort of turns a corner. And, and he goes, so answer this question. Have you ever had a full Passover meal? And I was like, No. And he goes, well, then you can't get into heaven. I was like, what? Can't get into heaven. So I'm like, okay, so I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus and a special dinner. (laughs) And I'm guessing you know where I can find this special dinner. Am I right? I was like, dude, like, don't add to the gospel. You're distracted. Somebody's cutting on you. It's a distracting doctrine. Don't add to the gospel. Don't add to grace. Don't add law. Don't add works. That's exactly what Paul is talking about in this passage. Someone cut in on you and added something that Jesus never added. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone, not by any works that you can do, not by being good enough, not by earning it or being worthy. Keep Jesus the main event. It's all about him. All about him. Run free, run well. Don't let distracting doctrines come in because they will. They'll try and sidetrack you. They'll try and get you preaching a different message. And it's, it's not completely different. It's just slightly different. But it's distracting. The message you've got to keep your eyes on is Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter. He's the one that called you. He's the one that will sustain you. He's the one that sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's our message. So who cut in on you? Life Church Palmy. Was it an unexpected storm that hit you that you, you thought following Jesus meant you were safe and free from this stuff? The reality is that if we're going to have a theology of breakthrough and healing, we also have to couple it with a theology of suffering because it's both. Some of you, maybe a distracting doctrine has come in and World events are going crazy, and now your message is world events. Now your message is other things. Get back to Jesus. If we're living the end times, I don't want my eyes anywhere else but Jesus. He's the one that will see me through. He's the one that's going to sustain me. I'm keeping my eyes on him. Maybe it's something else. Maybe a fence cut in. Maybe some preacher said something to you someday, maybe today, (laughs) that offended you. You're like, man, it just... That hurt me, or a leader let you down, or you saw hypocrisy in the church, or I don't know, some, some, something else took place and you got, you got hurt, man. You got hurt. And it's not, I'm not diminishing the hurt. I'm not saying the hurt isn't real. The hurt's there, but hurt can trip you up and stop you running. God's got a race for you, friend, and He's got healing for the hurt. He's got grace for you, love for you. So get up, walk the journey of healing, get back in the race.
Maybe something else took place in your life and it's caused you to trip and stumble. And you know who you are. You know you're sitting here in the same position you were three years ago because something tripped you up. And listen, the call of God on this church is too big to have you sitting down. Way too big. There's a part for you to play. You're essential. You're not, not an option. You're essential in God's plan for this church in this city and in this nation. And there's a great future ahead for you. I'm so excited for it. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.